Exodus chapter 33. I'm going to start reading at verse number 7. Exodus chapter 33, starting at verse number 7. And before I read, again, I want to begin with prayer. And I want to ask our Lord to bless the reading of his word here this morning, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, again, we uh, come before you. We want to pray for two things this morning, Lord God, as I begin the message. First of all, we pray for the offering. I want to thank you for everyone that's here. I want to thank you for everyone that's online watching and, and listening, Lord God. That in itself is an offering to you. We want to pray, Lord God, for the financial offerings that we're receiving, Lord God, either through the mail or through the online services or physically in person, Lord God. We ask you to bless the gift and the giver. Honor, Lord God, and continue, Lord God, to provide for the financial needs of this congregation, Lord Jesus. We pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word, anoint it, give it life. I pray for myself that you will help me, Father, to communicate effectively. We need your help so desperately. I need your help to organize my thoughts and my words. And, Lord God, help us to listen and to pay attention and to not be distracted, Lord God, by any outside sources. Help us to focus on you, to give you this time, to honor you with our time and our hearts here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Very good. Okay. Exodus chapter 33. Starting at verse number 7, the Bible says this. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Again, last week, for those of you that were with us, uh, we began this study on the young life of a young man by the name of Joshua. Again, uh, those who are listening and are familiar with the Bible and have attended church have heard about Joshua. Joshua is a familiar name to those of us who have been raised in church. But for the sake of those who are not familiar with the Bible or who don't know who Joshua is, let me just tell you a few things about the amazing life that Joseph experienced. He was the victorious general or commander of the Israeli army in the very first battle that the Jewish people participated in, and it was against a people called the Amalekites. The Jewish people were not looking for trouble. They were not looking for a fight. The Amalekites heard that the Israelites had been released from slavery, and they went out to fight against them, and God used Joshua in a powerful way to lead the nation of Israel in their first battle, and they were victorious. Joshua prayed, and he asked God to make the sun stand still, and the sun stood still, and the moon stopped for a whole day. And you can find that in the book of Joshua, chapter 10, verse 13. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read it to you really quickly. It says, so the sun stood still in Joshua 10, 13. It says, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. As it is written in the book of Jasher, the sun stopped 
in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Do you know that there have actually been studies on this one day that stood still or when the sun stood still? There's actually scientific studies that have been done to prove that this actually happened. Uh, Another thing that Joshua did, Joshua accompanied Moses to the bottom of Mount Sinai when Moses went up to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments from God. You can find that story in the book of Exodus chapter 32. Joshua was one of the 12 spies that were sent by Moses to explore the land of Canaan or the promised land. And he was one of the two who brought a positive report instead of a negative report. You can read about that story in the book of Numbers chapter 13. Joshua, along with Caleb, had the privilege of entering the promised land and inheriting and enjoying the land of milk and honey, while sadly, the majority of their generation did not get to experience that. There is a book in the Bible named after Joshua that tells us about how he was used by God to lead the people of God in battle and how they conquered and took possession of the promised land. But before Joshua became a great leader of God, we learned last week that Joshua chose to be an assistant to a man by the name of Moses. There's two scriptures that we went over last week that tell us about how Joshua was an assistant to Moses. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11, it says this, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Numbers chapter 11, verse 28 Tells us the same thing about Joshua being an aide to Moses. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. So last week we learned that Joshua was a young man that decided to be an assistant or an aide to a man named Moses. Moses was also very special. Those of you that have been raised in church or that know about the Bible, how many of you would agree that Moses was also special and anointed by God? Would you say amen to that church? Okay. So Moses was a special man too. Moses was a a man that God chose to use to lead the Israelites or the Jewish people out of slavery. The Jewish people were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. The Jewish people were treated horribly, cruelly, ruthlessly, and without pity by the Egyptians. But we learned last week that God supernaturally and miraculously set the people free from slavery. And God used Moses to lead the people to freedom. And in case you didn't know it, if you were lost and now you're saved and on your way to heaven, I want you to know that God supernaturally and miraculously moved in your life. And that's why you're here in church here today. The main important thing that we learned last week about Joshua was that before he even knew Moses or he began assisting Moses, Joshua was born a slave in Egypt. That's all he knew is slavery. That's what he was born into. As a slave, Joshua suffered and witnessed horrible treatment from the Egyptians. The Bible tells us in both verses that we read earlier that Joshua was a son of Nun, N-U-N. Joshua personally witnessed how his dad and family suffered from the brutal bondage and slavery of the Egyptians. 
Joshua personally experienced his family being mistreated, disrespected, abused, tortured. Joshua saw the Jewish people experience forced labor, horrible living conditions, malnutrition, and starvation. Joshua saw how the Jewish people were prohibited from receiving an education and how this led to illiteracy and ignorance. But one thing that is important about the makeup of the Jewish community, even though they were not allowed to be educated, they made it a point to educate themselves in terms of their history and their relationship to God. Joshua was a descendant of Ephraim, the second son of Joseph. So Joshua would hear his dad share the history of the Jewish people. Joshua would hear about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joshua would hear about his great, 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 great grandfather, Joseph, how he was, how Joseph was sent by God into Egypt in order to save the world from starvation. Joshua also learned about prayer uh, uh, by witnessing his dad and family praying. He saw his dad and family crying out to God year after year. God save us. God deliver us. God set us free. God help us. Get get us out of the situation. He saw how his father Nun uh, was would be praying and believing that God would one day set them free from this horrible bondage that they were in. For 400 years, the Jewish people were praying and crying out to God to fulfill his promise of deliverance, his promise to set them free from this horrible bondage and to take them into the promised land. I'm sure that there were times that Joshua said to himself, man, is God for real? Is there really a God up there who actually cares about us. We keep praying and praying and nothing seems to happen. So Joshua is born into slavery as a young man. He's being taught by his dad. His name is Nun about the history and the heritage of the family as Jewish, but he is also witnessing and experience the experiencing the horrible nightmare and reality of slavery. Then Joshua hears about this guy named Moses that is sent by God to deliver Israel out of slavery. He hears and maybe even sees, I don't know, but because the Bible doesn't say, but he definitely hears about how Moses goes to Pharaoh and Moses demands that Pharaoh let Israel go free. And Joshua hears about Moses and the staff that Moses had turning into a serpent. And Joshua hears how Moses had become leprous and then instantly healed from leprosy right in front of uh, the, the, the Pharaoh. But then Joseph, Joshua also sees how even after Pharaoh saw these two miracles, Pharaoh didn't let the Israelites go free. And instead of things getting better, Joshua saw that things got worse for the Israelites. They were forced to make bricks without straw, and the people's misery, including his dad and mom, got worse. Now, let me ask you guys a question here this morning, and you don't have to raise up your hand. How many of you are praying for something that is going on in your life right now? I believe that probably all of us in here, 100% of us probably, are praying about something that is going on in our life right now. I believe that all of you watching online, that all of you watching online are praying about something in your life right now. Do you know that even people who say they don't even believe in God or go to church or believe the Bible, even they catch themselves praying sometimes to God, to the God that they say they don't even believe in. Even they in their desperation begin to pray. 
This COVID thing has caused a lot of people to start praying and wanting to connect with God and wondering, God, are you really real? How many of you are crying out to God to set you free, to deliver you, or to rescue you from some harsh and difficult situation that you are in right now? Maybe you're going through a very desperate situation. Maybe you need help and direction about a decision that you have to make. Maybe you have a loved one that is in serious trouble. There are so many things that I can list, so many things that I can document about what you and I as people go through in life. You see, when we pray... We want answers, and we want answers quickly. We want God to be like McDonald's and Burger King. We want it fast, and we want it our way. We want victory. We want to reach our goal. We want God to come through for us right away. We want our prayers answered without problems. We want our prayers answered without conflict. We want our prayers answered without controversy. We want our prayers answered without being inconvenienced. We want our prayers answered without discipline. We want our prayers answered without war or a battle. We want everything to just fall right into place. We want for God to hand us our prize and say, have a nice day. But the reality is that when we start to pray about something that is going on in our life, to our surprise, instead of things getting better or easier, sometimes, and I would say many times, things get worse before they get better. That is the challenging thing about faith. That is a challenging thing about prayer. That is a challenging thing about believing in God is that when we cry out to him, instead of things getting better, sometimes they actually get worse. This is exactly what happened to the Israelites. Things got worse. But listen to what God tells us in Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 through 9. Listen to these words. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. This is God speaking. This is God speaking. See, Moses went in there to face Pharaoh. And he had this this ability to do these two miracles before Pharaoh. And Moses and the Israelites were all happy and excited. And they thought that Pharaoh was going to see these two miracles. And that Pharaoh was going to fall on his knees and repent and let the people go. But no, 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 no. Pharaoh didn't do that. Pharaoh got meaner and harder. And made the situation worse for the Israelites. And God's response is this. To Pharaoh. And to the Israelites. Then the Lord said to Moses... Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, says, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgments. 
I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Listen, God wants you to know, God wants me to know, God wants all of us to know that our help does not come from man, it does not come from an institution, it does not come from an organization, it does not come from anything of this earth that is natural or carnal. Our help comes from the Lord. Now, we thank God for all these things that are in place so that our lives can be easier and more organized and more structured and protected. We thank God for our police officers and our fire department and our paramedics and our government leaders and all these people so that we have some kind of order and some kind of establishment and some kind of safety. But ultimately, our lives are in the hands of Almighty God. The one that's going to take care of those two babies is God. Yes, Bo is a good dad, and, and Grace is a good mom, but God's going to take care of those babies. Joshua, as a slave, saw with his own eyes, witnessed with his own eyes, the power of God. God is not only showing Pharaoh and the Egyptians who he is, but he is also showing Moses and Joshua and all of Israel who he is. He is God Almighty. Verse 3 says that he is God Almighty. I was going to go into a bunch of names of God, but instead, I'm going to bring my wife Julie up here. The reason I'm going to bring my wife Julie up here is because she has been doing a Bible study, believe it or not, in, of the names of God. And I want her to share this names, these names that she's been studying and teaching the ladies on Tuesday nights, West End Ladies Bible Study. So you share with us, Julie, okay. the names of God that you've been learning, okay? Very good. Let's welcome Pastor Julie to the platform here this morning. Amen. Um, hello again. Um, yeah, we started uh, doing the names of God like in July. And so since then, um, I decided because I wanted to memorize them. So Pretty much every night, or I might miss a night or two, I, I write down by memory the names and the meaning of that name. And so sometimes, you know, and then he'll hear me, or so he asked me to come up and do it. But I can, there's 22 that I know by memory, but I didn't want to come up here, and sometimes I have to think about it, you know. So I'm just going to read them from my notebook. But, um, and also, it, it's important, it helps me to realize, uh, like Jehovah Rapha, he's the healer. And it just shows the character of God and, and the situations that, that, who he is, like when he shows up. And so it's, to me, it helps me when I, knowing the names of God, it just, it's just more knowing about him and what he can do in a situation. And so here, uh, so here we go. Jehovah, he's the self-existing one, the great I am. Jehovah Ra is the shepherd, the good shepherd, Psalm 23. Jehovah Nisi, he's the banner over us. He's our victory. Jehovah Tuskanu, he's our righteousness. Jehovah Mekadish, he's the sanctifier. And that's important because sometimes, you know, we, 
we, we need him to sanctify. We always need him to sanctify us, you know, because our righteousness and our, the way we are is, you know, it, it won't cut it without the blood of Jesus and without him sanctifying us. Jehovah Shalom is the peace. Amen. And, and we can have that in the midst of the storms. Okay, I'm not the preacher today. <laughs> if I was a preacher, I don't know. No. Okay, so Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah Sabiath. He's the commander of the heavenly host. And I love that one because when I think about that, like he's the commander. Like who's, who's above that? Nobody, you know. So Jehovah Jireh, he's our provider. Jehovah Rapha, I already said, is the healer. Jehovah Shammah, he is there. When you think he's not, he is there. And then there's El, E-L, the God of power and might. Uh, and then El Elyon, the most high God. There's El Olam, the everlasting God. There's El Shaddai, the almighty, the all-sufficient one, which means he's enough. He's the almighty. Elohim, is the, he's the triune God, the creator. He's our father, Abba. He's Adonai, the Lord and master. He's El Rai, the God who sees me. And I love that one because when you feel like nobody sees you, nobody cares, then there's El Rai, the God who sees me. You know, it's special. It's like when you, because sometimes we do, we think nobody cares about me. Does anyone ever feel that? <laughs> or I'm the only one? <laughs> but no, really, El Rai, and I think about that. I said, he sees me. He knows where I'm at. He knows my pain or whatever I'm going through. He knows us. Emmanuel, God with us. Jehovah Sherub, he's the glorious sword. Jehovah Oz, he's our strength. And then there's El Nasaz, he's the forgiving God. Amen. That's it. 22. All right, very good. Thank you, Julie. Very good. Now, she's basically memorized all those, but because of the pressure of being up here, she just read them. But she's been doing a good job. The other one that's taking this really seriously is Danielle Cervantes. She's also memorized those names. And Ann Gaynor, uh, Julie told me that you've memorized these names of God, and you've committed them to memory. And that's a really beautiful thing. Now, now Julie doesn't know this, but I kind of set her up as an example of what happens when people purpose in their hearts to seek after God, to want to know God, to want to have a personal encounter with God. Would you agree? Now, I, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of setting myself up here, but maybe it's just my imagination. I could be wrong. But would you agree that God in these last few months has given Julie an extra anointing as she has been leading us in our worship services here at church? So many of you have shared with me, man, what's going on with Julie, her voice, her ability to lead the worship. You know, God says, you know what, girl, no more of you being in the background. I want to put you in the front now, girl. Okay. And I see that as God honoring her searching after God. So she's searching after God, seeking after God, wanting to get more intimate with God, wanting to get more personal with God. And God's saying, okay, well, guess what? I'm going to give you more of my anointing, more of my spirit, and I'm going to give you more of my giftings and allowing you to, to minister on a more powerful level. So this whole COVID thing has forced us to have to make all kinds of adjustments in our worship and our services and, and everything. And thank God 
that God has honored my wife, Julie, in the sense that he has anointed her to be able to do this. And she's up. I mean, I don't even recognize her. A year ago, she would have never been able to do any of this or even wanted to do any of this. But she's up here preaching and teaching and getting these guys to quote scriptures. I mean, she's, she, she wanted to take over my spot right now. She said, let me be the preacher here. Did you see that? Did you pick up on that? Some of you are agreeing with that. And that's kind of upsetting me now. I don't know about that. Now, the same thing, I would have to say the same thing with our young adult ministry that's happening on Thursday nights. The Lord touched our sister, Vanessa Torres, uh, to start leading this group. And I know she partnered with my, 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 with my daughter, Jamie, and Manny. Now, this group actually started, they started meeting uh, this young adult group on their own. They wanted to do it on their own. Uh, and they actually were meeting at the home of Jamie and Manny when they were living on their own. After they got married, they were living on their own. But then the place that they lived at got flooded out. And so unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know which right now, I'm trying to decide. Jamie and Manny had to move in with us, with Jamie, with Julie and I at home. So now they're living with us because of all the damage that was done due to the flooding where they were living. Okay? So right now they're having their Thursday night Bible studies at our house which is a real blessing, and it's been really nice. Uh, and this past Thursday, it just so happened that Rob was there, the, the guy that was just up here playing the piano. Uh, there's Robert Torres, and then we have Rob, the guy that plays the piano on the organ. He was there. Joshua Ochoa, who's right here running our, our tech system, he was there. Manny was there. Jamie was there. David Rosales was there, a young guy. Jessica and Jordan were there. Anto was there. And so they were there. And, and what was really a blessing to me was that I heard that Richard and Kathy Castro wanted to attend so bad this Bible study that they, they said that they wanted to be a part of it on Zoom. They couldn't be there physically, but they wanted to be a part of it so bad that they got in a part of it as, by being in, on Zoom. The same thing with David Arriaga. He couldn't be there physically, but he said, I want to go on Zoom because this is an important thing for me. I want to get closer to God. I want to know God. I want to understand God. I want to learn more about God. Listen, we are talking about the reality of what happens when people seek after God. And church, I want you to know that there's a special anointing on these young adults that are seeking after God, wanting to get closer to God, wanting to understand and get to learn more about God. God is going to bless us. Those of you that are watching online, those of you that are attending church when you are, when you attend on Wednesdays, the fact that you're here right now, the fact that you are listening right now, you are attempting to seek after God. You don't have to be at church right now. You don't have to be tuning in online right now, but you chose to. Why? Because you want to get closer to God. You want to seek after God. You want to get closer with God. You want an encounter with God. You want to be encouraged in your faith in God. You want to hear and understand and cry out to God and experience what God can do for you. He is real. He is with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is the Almighty. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we want to experience that in the here and now. Can you say amen, church? 
Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. That is the theme of what these, of what these Bible studies have been through for the last few months on Sunday mornings. He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Psalm chapter 53, verse 2, God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Believe me, when God sees you attending church, when God sees you attending a Bible study, when God sees you on your knees before you get up in the morning crying out to Him, and when He sees you on your knees before you go to bed going over your day with Him, seeking Him, God's going to bless you for that. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14. We keep repeating these because I want these scriptures to be ingrained into your spirit. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Now, in case you're listening to me right now and I didn't mention your name or your ministry or acknowledge that you are seeking God on your own in your private secret place, don't get hurt. Don't get upset. Don't get an attitude. Don't write me mean letters. It doesn't matter if I don't see you or if I don't mention your name. God sees you and he sees you seeking him. And that's all that matters. You may feel like you're invisible. You may feel like you're by yourself. You may feel like you're not important. You may feel like nobody acknowledges you. It doesn't matter. You just seek after God because he's the one that's going to take you through. I can't take you through. Who cares if I see you or not? Your partner can't take you through. Your neighbor can't take you through. Your boss can't can't take you through. No, you got to connect with God because he's the only one that can take you through. Psalm chapter 33 verse 18 says, but the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. You're doing this unto the Lord. Don't try to impress me. I can't even do anything for you. Sure, I may mention your name up here, but that's not going to help you. But God sees you. God sees you and he knows what you're all about. Let me read that again. Psalm 33, 18. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. Psalm chapter 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Don't you think that God sees when my wife Julie is studying those names of God, wanting to learn those names of God? Don't you think that God sees when these young adults are meeting in, their, in, in, in our house uh, under the leadership of our sister Vanessa, wanting to get to know God, wanting to seek God, wanting to understand God, wanting to get close? Don't you think that God sees all He sees all that, and he says, I want to reward you. And I'm going to bless you for that. Psalm 34, verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open and attentive to their cry. Proverbs 15, verse 3. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Proverbs 22, 12. The eyes of the Lord keep watch over knowledge, but he frustrates the words of the unfaithful. Second Chronicles 69, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. First Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Listen, humble yourself under the mighty God, hand of God. Don't fight God. Don't argue with God. Don't have an attitude with God. 
Humble yourself before God. Cry out to him. He's there to help you, not to hurt you. Next Saturday and Sunday, we'll be celebrating our Christmas service. And part of the Christmas story tells us about the wise men from the east that left everything in order to seek after the Christ child. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2 says this. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Listen to how God honored Joshua because Joshua made up his mind that he was going to seek after God by being a servant to the man of God who was Moses. In the book of Numbers chapter 27 Verses 18 through 23, listen to what God did for Joshua. In verse 18, it says this. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar, the priest, and the entire assembly, and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority, so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar, the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. And his command, at his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out and at his command, they will come in. Moses did as the, Lord, as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then, the, then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. I like the way verse 18 reads in the New King James Version. It says this, And the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit. And lay your hand on him. When Joshua witnessed with his own eyes what God did to the Egyptians, when God, when Joshua witnessed with his own eyes how his family and all the Israelites were set free from slavery in Egypt with riches beyond their wildest dreams, when Joshua witnessed with his own eyes how God parted the Red Sea and how he and his family and all the Israelites walked across dry land to the other side, when Joshua witnessed with his own eyes how God caused the waters of the Red Sea to collapse on the Egyptian army that was coming after them, and drowned them, and Joshua even saw the dead bodies of the Egyptians on the shore of the Red Sea. This impacted Joshua's life. Joshua witnessed the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, indicating the presence and the power of God. You see, Joshua witnessed all of this, and after seeing this, he made a decision in his heart. He said, I want to know this God personally. You and I should be saying the same thing. Our desire is to want to know this God personally and intimately. He made a decision in his heart that he wanted to connect with God the way Moses had connected to God. He, and I want you to know that he wanted to know the God of his ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the, who was the great, great grandfather of, of, of his grandfather Joseph, the father of none. So, you know what we discovered, church? That Joshua connects with God. Joshua discovers God. Joshua develops a great and intimate relationship with God. Remember, Joshua was born a slave. 
He didn't know how to read. He didn't know how to write. He was unskilled. He was abused and harshly mistreated. He didn't have any kind of education or training or preparation. He was ignorant and naive and had no experience or knowledge in warfare or tactics or leadership or politics or in administration. But guess what, church? He connected with God. And when he connected with God, God put his spirit into him. He found God. He discovered God. He had a relationship with God and God filled him with the spirit. And Joshua became a great leader for the people of God. How jo- and, and how was Joshua able to accomplish all of this? Because the spirit of God was in him. Let me repeat that scripture that we read earlier. Numbers 27, 18 in the New King James Version. And the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you a man in whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him. You go after God. You seek after God. He's going to pour his spirit into you so that you will be able to do great things. You see Julie up here. She's doing it because the spirit of God is in her. You see Vanessa doing her thing. She's doing it because the spirit of God is in her. You see anyone doing anything for God. They're doing it because the spirit of God is in them, enabling them to do it. Can you say amen church? And I'm going to finish with Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. God is doing the work. Not me, not you. It is God that is doing the work in us, church. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God. That you will touch the hearts of your people. That somehow, some way, out of all these lessons that we're learning on Sunday mornings. That you will give us a hunger and a desire to want to know you. To want to connect with you. To be intimate with you. To seek after you, Lord. Christmas is coming, Lord. Help us to seek Jesus. You said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added. We need to put you first, Lord. We need to seek you first. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. And I want to do that here today. If that's you here this morning, just lift up your hand and we will pray with you. You are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to the Lord. Just lift up your hand. Those of you watching at home, if this is the day that you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus, I want you to say this prayer with me. It's a prayer of repentance, a prayer of surrender to Almighty God. Just repeat this prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you recognizing my weakness and my failure. I acknowledge my sin before you. But I also know that you are the God that forgives. So I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. I believe that Jesus came. He died on the cross. And on the third day, 
He rose again for me. It was personal for me. And today, I receive this free gift of salvation that you offer to all mankind. That's what Christmas is all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you that need prayer, you're a Christian, you believe in the Lord, just want to say a prayer blessing over your life right now. Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, for my brothers and sisters that are here this morning, Lord. I ask you to help them and encourage them, bless them, strengthen them, minister to them, Lord God. Thank you that they have taken the time today to honor you, whether they're physically here or online. Thank you, God, that they have taken the time to draw closer to you. Bless your people now. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless your church. Thank you so much for being here.